Good morning. It's good to be with you all again. I think it's been a month, maybe two months, but I'm happy to be with you all again this morning. And we are going to be looking at Genesis 12 this morning. So you can find Genesis 12. We'll focus in on verses 1 through 9. I'm going to read from the NIV, so that might be different from your habit here. I'm not sure, but feel free to follow along or just listen now for God's word. But before we do that, would you join me in prayer? God, we quiet our hearts, we quiet our thoughts, we quiet our bodies now to listen for your voice, for the Spirit speaking to us a fresh and new word through this word. I pray, God, that you would speak and that we would take one step forward in following you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Genesis 12, 1 through 9. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they'd acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem, and at that time the Canaanites were in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. And from there, he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. And then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. This is God's word. Thanks be to God. There's a bumper sticker. It's old now, but you may still see it around that says, I know where I am because I've been lost here once before. <laughs> I have always loved this bumper sticker because as my husband can attest, I am directionally challenged. Before the days of smartphones and that little blue dot that you follow around, I would print out MapQuest directions. Do you remember those? And I'd stuff them in my purse and study them to get to where I needed to be. And even now, living in a city where there's mountains on one side and water on the other side, I cannot tell you which way is north, south, east, or west. <laughs> Abram did not have MapQuest. 
He did not have a little blue dot on his iPhone or a GPS system. Abram had the voice of God giving him directions that were incomplete. Go to a land I will show you. And I'm guessing that Abram and Sarai were like me and humans in general, and that we like to know where we're going, don't we? The thing is, faith, by definition, usually means that we don't. (laughs) When I was in middle school, the Presbyterian Church, the youth leader, did an epic object lesson that I'll never forget. He borrowed a tandem bicycle from someone, and he took each middle school student in the youth group around the church parking lot. So he was in the front and we were in the back and, you know, him in the front is a 20 or 30 something and us in the back is an 11 year old. You can't see very much back there. (laughs) And the thing is, that was his point. This is what the Christian life is like, he said to us. Should you choose to accept the mission? You have to trust the writer and friend, the one who does know where they're going. But I don't really like this. Faith is uncomfortable in this way. To me, control seems like a better option. (laughs) And it struck me this time as I looked at this very familiar scripture that what comes right before Genesis 12 is Genesis 11, the story of the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel is a great control story. Let's build a city with walls. Let's build a tower. From here, we'll make a name for ourselves. Whereas in Genesis 12, God is the one making Abram's name great. In Genesis 12, Abram and Sarai and their family are leaving behind the known to go to the unknown. While in Genesis 11, the people know what they're building, the Tower of Babel. The thing is, our efforts at control, at making a name for ourselves, at building our own empires and kingdoms lead to dead ends, don't they? And as much as we like to think that we can control outcomes and futures, life seems to throw us curveballs. Life is full of these transitions, right? These uncomfortable in-between times, these times where we're no longer where we used to be, but we're not yet at our final destinations. And we can trick ourselves sometimes into thinking that we're secure in a tower, in a walled city, until unexpectedly we find ourselves on a road we never anticipated being on. Old Testament professor Walter Brueggemann points out that when we come to the end of Genesis 11, we see that humans have gotten nowhere. God has created humanity in Genesis 1 and 2, and then we have 11 chapters 
and we get to the end of the chapter and humanity is at a dead end. And here is the good news. This is where God intervenes and steps in to recreate a new family that's built on the actions and promises of God, a family of faith. So let me ask you, where are those places in your life this morning where you may have reached some dead ends? Are there places that you've been trying to build a tower that feels secure, but God seems to be inviting you into an unknown future? The invitation is risky, and it's a little uncomfortable, as I said, and it may involve leaving some things behind as well. In Genesis 12, God will take the most unlikely candidates, and why are they the most unlikely candidates? Because we read at the end of Genesis 11 in chapter 11, verse 30, that Sarai was barren. The most unlikely candidates and make of them the mother and father of a new generation. A family that can trace their story back to God's word. God speaking new life into barrenness. In a society where bearing children was everything, economic stability and honor and status, and not to mention just the continuation of humanity at this point, this was a crisis. But this is also a faith story. Just like you have a faith story, and I have a faith story. For me, my story of faith came when I was a teenager, when I was at the end of myself, when I felt like all of my efforts had only led to barrenness in my life, to only death and not to life. And it was into this place that God spoke to me. I love you. I have a plan for your life. God is still doing this today. So what is your story? And what is our collective story? I think it's important to remember that Abram didn't go it alone. What about those other voices in this story that we don't hear? What about Sarai's voice? What about the enslaved people that came with Abram? They are in a transition too, and it's not by their own choosing. The writer of the book of Hebrews talks of Abram's faith and walking with God through uncertain times. But I think we can also talk about the faith of those who went with him, the faith of those on the margins whose voices we don't hear. This was not the first move also. When we start in Genesis 12, we imagine that Abram's call to move began with God's word, leave your country, your people, and your father's household. But in Genesis 11, Abram was already moving. He was already on the move. We read that Abram was the son of Terah. And there's a story here of family grief. Abram's brother Haran dies. 
And his father, Terah, after this son's death, takes Abram and Lot and Sarai from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But they stop when they get to Haran. Interestingly, very similar to the name of the dead brother. I wonder where is God in the places that you are already moving this morning? Where are those places of transition, maybe in your church, in your family, in your own life where you are destabilized, uncomfortable, maybe even in grief? This could be the retirement of a longtime pastor, the transition out of COVID, the transition of the church in America. Some of these transitions are personal and some of them are global, but they're always uncomfortable, I think, because they bring us back to the question of our identities. In these transition times, will we make a name for ourselves or let God name us and shape us and move us. The title of my sermon this morning is A Long Obedience in the Same Direction, and it's from a book that Eugene Peterson wrote by that title. He calls this movement, this faith journey, a long obedience in the same direction. It's not a one and done deal. <laughs> it's a slow and steady movement towards the one who creates and calls and intervenes. And if we're honest, a lot of times it's a movement one step forward and maybe two back, one more forward. It certainly was that way for Abraham if you continue to read past chapter 12. He had many steps back and forward in this trusting of God's call. And I don't know about you, but in my journey of faith, God often shows me one step, not 10 steps, which is frustrating. I want to share Thomas Merton's prayer with you. It's a little bit long, but it's worth it. So hang in there with me. My Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I'm following your will does not mean that I'm actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does, in fact, please you. And I hope I have that desire in all that I'm doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, I will trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. I will not fear, for you are ever with me and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. The irony here in this story is that the place God will show him, that mysterious place at the beginning of Genesis 12, is the very place Abram had been going all along. 
He had stopped with his family in Haran, but God brings him all the way to Canaan. When Abram set out with his family all those years ago, I like to imagine what he and Sarai were thinking. At that point, I imagined they were hopeless and feeling like the best they could wish for their life was to grow old together and die. He did not have any idea what was coming. He didn't have God's vision in mind. They couldn't have known that God would give them a son and that God's plan for them would extend far beyond them and their family to be a blessing for the entire world. God might be inviting you this morning to partner in something much bigger than you've imagined. We know how this story unfolds, don't we? In the person of Jesus, God looked at you and me and said, their situation is hopeless. They're going nowhere. So I will transition. I'll move into their neighborhood. God in the flesh stepped into this shaky world, becoming flesh and blood and walking among us so that you and I, who are the least likely candidates, could be called children of Abraham too. Let us pray. God, we thank you for calling to us this morning. God, we thank you that we can trust you. We can get on the back of that tandem bike and enjoy the ride. We pray, God, that those places in our life that feel like dead ends would come alive again by your spirit. That you'd help us to let go this morning of places where we're trying to control or trying to make a name for ourselves or just trying to avoid the inevitable truth that we don't control things. And God, that you'd give us faith again this morning. Thank you that you're the God who's always bringing life from death, who sees a dead end as a new beginning. So do a new work again in us this morning and send us out to share this message with the world, to tell those around us that those places of death and dead ends are really places of life and new beginnings. We ask you, God, to walk with us and sustain us in this long obedience in the same direction. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.